introduction osiris and the resurrection of the egyptian book of the dead by e a wallace budge this librivox recording is in the public domain introduction osiris and resurrection it will be noticed in reading the translation of the book of the dead given in this volume that the deceased is always identified with the god osiris and that he is frequently called by the god's name and if the religious texts written for the benefit of the dead in all periods be examined it will be found that from the fifth dynasty to the latest times osiris is always regarded as the king and god of the dead and that egyptian writers always assume the identity of the blessed dead with their god thus in the text inscribed on the pyramid of unas the writer identifies the king with the god osiris and says to the god tem o tem behold thy son this motionless osiris thou hast given him that whereon he may live if he liveth this unas liveth if he dieth not this unas dieth not if he perisheth not this unas perisheth not if he begetteth not this unas begetteth not if he begetteth this unas begetteth and throughout the religious literature the deceased always claims that whatever was done by the gods for osiris should also be done for him by them the hymns addressed to ra and other great gods dwell more on the majesty and power which they exhibit in heaven and upon earth and upon their goodness to man but with osiris the case is different and it is evident that in the earliest period he was regarded more in the light of a god who could be known and who was known more or less personally if we may use the word and he was of all the gods the one singled out to receive the petitions of mankind for everlasting life it is impossible to say when osiris began to be regarded as the god of the dead and it is only from brief allusions that any history of him can be formed throughout the egyptian texts it is assumed that the god suffered death and mutilation at the hands of his enemies that the various members of his body were scattered about the land of egypt that his sister wife isis sought him sorrowing and at length found him that she fanned him with her wings and gave him air that she raised up his body and was united unto him that she conceived and brought forth a child horus and that he osiris became the god and king of the underworld in the legend of osiris as given by plutarch de iside et osiride it is said that he was murdered at the instigation of typhons or set who tore the body into fourteen pieces which he scattered throughout the land isis collected these pieces and wherever she found one she built a tomb after the death of osiris his son horus did battle with typhon his father's murderer and in the words of the egyptians avenged his father notwithstanding the death and mutilation which the gods suffered the egyptians firmly believed that he rose from the dead with a body perfect in all its members and that corruption and decay had no power over him this fact may be deduced from a large number of passages in texts of all periods but in one in particular which forms part of chapter 
one hundred and fifty four of the book of the dead a definite statement of it occurs the deceased says to osiris do thou embalm these my members for i would not perish and come to an end but would be even likened to my divine father capera who is the divine type of him that never saw corruption let not my body become worms but deliver me as thou didst deliver thyself homage to thee o my divine father osiris thou hast thy being with thy members thou didst not decay thou didst not become worms thou didst not waste away thou didst not become corruption thou didst not putrefy and thou didst not turn into worms i am the god capera and my members shall have an everlasting experience i shall not decay i shall not rot i shall not putrefy i shall not turn into worms and i shall not see corruption beneath the eye of the god shu i shall have my being i shall have my being i shall live i shall live i shall germinate i shall germinate i shall germinate i shall wake up in peace i shall not putrefy my intestines shall not perish i shall not suffer from any defect mine eye shall not decay the form of my visage shall not disappear mine ear shall not become deaf my head shall not be separated from my neck my tongue shall not be carried away my hair shall not be cut off mine eyebrows shall not be shaved off and no baleful injury shall come upon me my body shall be established and it shall neither fall into decay nor be destroyed upon this earth the oldest copy of this chapter is inscribed upon one of the wrappings of the mummy of Tothmes the third who reigned about b c one thousand five hundred and fifty and the latest is found in the turin papyrus edited by lepsius in eighteen forty two which dates from the ptolemaic period from these extracts we see that the deceased bases his certainty of an everlasting life which was to be lived in a body which was perfect in all its members upon the assurance that osiris died and rose again and lived in a body which was perfect in all its members and it followed for the egyptian that if osiris did not die and rise again his belief in a resurrection was vain it is difficult to say with certainty whether the ancient egyptian believed that osiris endured pain and suffered death on his behalf or not but it is quite clear that he believed there was some very definite connection between the resurrection of osiris and of himself and also that the god was able to raise him up and to give him everlasting life because he himself had conquered death and risen and had become the master of everlasting life if the legend of plutarch which states that osiris was once a man who lived upon earth really represents an egyptian belief we may perhaps conclude that the manhood which was common to the god and to the suppliant supplied the reason why the prayers which are put into the mouth of the dead are always addressed to osiris at all events closer personal relations existed between man and osiris than between man and any other god moreover for countless generations he was the type and emblem of the resurrection and relying upon his power to give immortality to man untold generations lived and died 
the ceremonies connected with the celebration of the sufferings death and resurrection of osiris were performed with great solemnity and it has been thought that a representation of them took place annually in certain of his shrines the forms in which osiris is depicted on the monuments and in papyri are very numerous but we need only refer here to those which concern him in his character as king god and judge of the dead in papyri he is seated on a throne within a covered shrine his form is that of a bearded mummy wearing the atef crown and he holds in his hands the crook and flail or whip emblems of sovereignty and dominion on the side of the throne which rests upon a pedestal made in the form of a parallelogram the symbol of that which is straight or right is the emblem of the union of southern and northern egypt which typifies the sovereignty of the god over the whole land the throne is sometimes placed upon water wherein we may probably see the origin of the tradition of certain eastern peoples which makes the throne of the deity to rest above running water behind him frequently stand the goddesses isis and nephthys and facing him standing upon a lotus flower are the four children of horus thus seated praise was offered to him in these words glory be to thee o cyrus Unnefer, the great god within abydos king of eternity lord of the everlasting who passeth through millions of years in his existence praise be unto thee osiris lord of eternity Unnefer, harmachus whose forms are manifold and whose attributes are majestic those who have lain down that is the dead rise up to see thee they breathe the air and they look upon thy face when the disc riseth on its horizon their hearts are at peace inasmuch as they behold thee o thou who art eternity and everlastingness in an address to osiris by thoth which forms the one hundred and eighty-second chapter of the book of the dead he is said to be the governor of those who are in the underworld and to make men and women to be born again the new birth being the birth into the life which is beyond the grave and being himself everlasting he had power to bestow eternal existence upon his followers concerning the form in which osiris rose from the dead the texts are silent and nothing is said as to the nature of his body in the underworld that he dwelt in the material body which was his upon earth there is no reason whatever to suppose for there are indications in the texts which point to a definite belief in the resurrection of a spiritual body both in the case of the god and of men before however this point is touched upon reference must be made to the ideas which the egyptians held concerning the component parts of man's entity material spiritual and mental the physical or material body called khat was liable to decay and could only be preserved by mummifying both gods and man possessed bodies of this nature when the material body had been brought to the tomb for burial provided that the prescribed prayers had been said over it and the proper ceremonies had been duly performed by the priests it acquired the power of sending forth from itself a body called sahu which was able to ascend to heaven and to dwell with the gods there the only suitable rendering for the word sahu is spiritual body 
and this meaning fits very well into the translation of the text where the word is found the educated egyptian never believed that the material body would rise again and take up a new life for he well understood that flesh and blood could not inherit immortality it has been urged by some that the custom of mummifying the dead which obtained throughout egypt for so many thousands of years was maintained because the egyptian believed in the resurrection of the material body but it is not so they mummified their dead simply because they believed that spiritual bodies would germinate in them in several places it is distinctly said that the soul is in heaven and the body upon earth and even the dead body of osiris himself rested upon earth in heliopolis elsewhere it is said to the deceased thy soul is in heaven before ra thy ka hath what should be given to it with the gods thy sahu hath power or is glorious with the khus and thy body kat is established in the underworld tuat it is possible that certain simple folk may have been led to believe that because meat offerings and drink offerings in abundance were taken to the tombs the deceased must naturally partake of them and it is more than probable that the egyptians in a semi-savage state made such offerings because they believed them necessary for their dead the offerings taken to the tomb were intended for the ka of the deceased the word ka has formed the subject of several learned dissertations by various scholars and it is now generally rendered by double it has its equivalent in the coptic ro and in the greek elaukon and in certain places may be rendered by all the meanings of these equivalents this abstract individuality or personality possessed all the attributes of the man himself and though its normal dwelling-place was in the tomb along with the body it could wander about at will it was independent of the man to whom it belonged and could even go and dwell in the statue of a man the ka could both eat and drink and at a very early period a small chamber was specially prepared for it in the hall of the tomb this was provided with an opening through which it might snuff the smell of the incense and other offerings made therein and it was the duty of certain members to minister duly and regularly to its needs when actual offerings failed it would seem that the ka fed upon those which were painted or sculptured upon the walls and altars in the tomb and when these were wanting it appears that it might even be reduced to eating offal and drinking filthy water connected in some inexplicable way with the ka was the ba or soul which according to some texts is said to eat of the funeral offerings along with the ka in whom or with whom it was supposed to dwell but according to others it ascended into heaven where it lived with ra and the beautiful dead from one point of view it is not a material thing and from another it is a tangible thing it is depicted as a human-headed hawk and in a vignette in the papyrus of nebket it is seen flying down the funeral pit bearing air and food to the mummified body lying in the mummy chamber to which it belongs the ba could leave its place in heaven and visit the body whenever it pleased and it had power to assume any form which it pleased certain of the characteristics of the ba were shared by the heart ab which was believed to be the source both of life and of good and evil in man 
the preservation of the heart was of the first importance and several chapters of the book of the dead were composed with the object of keeping it out of the clutches of the stealers of hearts in the judgment scene it is the one member of the body which is singled out for a special examination and the large numbers of heart amulets which are preserved in the national collections of egyptian antiquities testify to the anxiety which the egyptians felt as to its security with the ba or soul the kaya bit or shadow is often mentioned and it seems to have been nourished by the offerings which were made in the tomb of the man to whom it belonged it had an existence apart from the body and like the ka or double it could wander wherever it pleased an interesting passage concerning the shadow is found in the ninety-second chapter of the book of the dead where the deceased prays o keep not captive my soul o keep not ward over my shadow but let a way be opened for my soul and for my shadow and let them see the great god in the shrine on the day of the judgment of souls and let them recite the utterances of osiris whose habitations are hidden to those who guard the members of osiris and who keep ward over the khus and who hold captive the shadows of the dead who would work evil against me another integral part of a man was the khu or shining translucent covering of the spiritual body which dwelt in heaven with the gods it is difficult to explain its exact relationship to the double and the soul and the heart and the shadow but in certain passages in which the word occurs it seems as if it had some close connection with the soul for it is mentioned along with it in several passages both in early and late texts the sekum of a man is mentioned with the ba or soul and sometimes with both the ka or double and the ba one of the meanings of sekum is form or statue but another meaning is power and it seems as if the egyptians conceived the idea of the power or vital force of a man living with him in heaven the gods were supposed to possess doubles and souls and shadows and hearts and khus but it is doubtful if they were endowed with sekum it is probable that they were not many of them were themselves sekum or powers there remains now but one attribute of a man to mention and that is the ren or name in egypt a man took the most extraordinary precautions to prevent his name from being blotted out for it was the common belief that unless the name of a person were preserved he ceased to exist already in the pyramid texts as dr wiedemann has pointed out we find the deceased making supplication that his name may flourish literally germinate along with the names of tem shu seb and other gods and the same desire is expressed in texts from the sixth dynasty down to the roman period when we find that a number of papyri were inscribed with invocations to one or more gods with the sole object of making to flourish the names of those for whom they were copied the ren or name had some close connection with the ka or double as may be seen from the passage in the text of pepi the first thus we see that the sahu or spiritual body the ka or double the ba or soul the ab or heart the ku or shining form the sekum or vital force and the ren or name and the kai bit or shade were all believed to come into existence after death 
and it seems that the various parts which we have enumerated together made up the spiritual body which germinated in the cot or material body there is little doubt that the beliefs and the existence of these various members of the spiritual body are not all of the same age and they probably represent several stages of intellectual development on the part of the egyptian their origin and development it is now impossible to trace for already in the fifth and sixth dynasties their existence is accepted as an accomplished fact a question naturally arises at this point as to when this spiritual body began its existence but unfortunately no satisfactory answer can at present be given to it for no text yet discovered supplies the necessary information it is natural to suppose that the sahu or spiritual body came into being as a result of the prayers which were recited on the day of the burial of the mummified body and of the ceremonies which were performed at the same time on the other hand there exists distinct proofs that the egyptians believed in a judgment which was to be held in the domain of osiris and we should hardly expect the spiritual body to begin its career until after the trial of the heart in the balance and until the verdict of the gods at this judgment was favourable to the deceased the whole question is full of difficulty chiefly because the egyptians themselves did not i imagine form definite ideas on such subjects or if they did they did not put them in writing it is however perfectly certain that they believed that osiris had the power to make men to be born after death into a new life and that such life was everlasting and they ascribed to him this power because he had himself suffered death and mutilation and had risen from the dead End of introduction osiris and resurrection